and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Why, thank your you favorite so much. podcast. Sorry. Yeah, it's good to have you. Oh, that's fine. Wow, you really caught me off guard there. That's <laughs> the first time I think we've you've ever done that on on a show. We have two and a half hosts today. The two sitting across from me proverbially are the two. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the half uh-huh. because I'm sick. I'm sick, guys. You know what the worst thing in the world is? Well, not the worst thing in the world, but you know what's bad? Being sick. Being sick, but also we like when you're sick in the winter, you're like, this kind of makes sense. When you're sick in the summer, you're like, what? The, what is this? I want a refund. The weather's beautiful, and I'm sick. Like, what about vitamin D? Isn't that supposed to help? The sun's out all the time. Yeah, but don't you don't you hermit in the summertime and avoid I'm, the D? I mean, I don't think that's true. I thought you play I, most I of hope your I'm video not. games in the summertime. Boy, well, wait to hear my "What are you up to Wednesday?" update because it's gonna it's gonna bear out your point. I don't know. That's actually a really good question. I don't know when I play more video games. I mean, I'm sure you're probably thinking back to the times, my grad student times, when the summer was just inherently less busy. So I did a lot more gaming then. I don't know how this summer's going to go. But uh, what I can tell you is that my nose is running. So for those that want like a you visual... You better go catch it. That's good stuff. A visual, like, we don't do a video podcast. So just imagine someone with their nose running, talking. And you're you're pretty much, you're most of the way there. We're talking about the, the worst named event in all of media today. Ta-dum. Ta-dum. I still hate th- I still hate that. I complained about it last year. I'm complaining about it again. It's terrible. I was literally we went to watch trailers. We have a fun weekly tradition here at our house now where I like turn on YouTube. My wife's like, What are you doing? I'm like, I have to watch trailers for the podcast. She's like, I guess I'll watch with you. And I looked up the first one and she was like, What is that an acronym for? And I was like, You tell me, because it's the worst. It's not, and I was like, it's not an acronym, it's just a bad name for something. It's a fantastic it's an name. Ever, I, I think everyone thinks of i understand when they hear Tudum. i think they i i don't i think you're wrong here you're wrong here i see that and i'm literally like the underwear down under <laughs> like I'm, I'm like trying to make an acronym out of it and uh it says that, as you can hear it doesn't, doesn't tend to go well we got some announcements for stuff we're gonna we're gonna take you through unbelievable display something something movies yeah pretty close uh, that would be that would be better than just calling it to doom and not uh, because it's the the hashtag i'm looking at the hashtag right now it's all caps if you want the automatopoeia don't make it all caps because then people won't think it's an acronym it's just bad marketing I, I i can't i'm sorry i just can't i can't defend that at all we're gonna talk about all the netflix stuff don't even worry about that but we're also going to be talking a little bit about reddit you've probably been hearing about reddit in the news if you're a reddit user you probably had a pretty interesting week last week because last week it basically, from what I understand, I'm not a big Reddit user, but it functionally went down for three days. So and it seems like it didn't really bring about any change. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on there. But I think we're gonna we're gonna lead off with I I don't even want to say it to doom. We're gonna lead off with to doom and talk about to doom for a bit. Ta-dum. Because th- there were a lot of announcements here, and the biggest announcement was probably One Piece, which we already knew about. Is that was that the biggest announcement of To Doom? Yeah. I want I, think I want so. y'all's opinions. I mean looking when I was looking up all the trailers and stuff on YouTube, I think that definitely had the most views out of anything. It was like upwards of five million views on that trailer alone. And while we knew about it, so I gotta give you guys a caveat here. I never read the manga, I never like I'm not a One Piece fan, but this was a decent trailer. Like, I thought it had the potential to be good based on this and not knowing anything else about the property. I don't... And yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I know nothing about the property. And the property inherently confuses me. I don't I don't know who this show is for, I guess. It, it, it's... I feel it's like the, in, the Venn diagram... But like, the, it, I guess... And this is like one of the most popular ones ever. It's like the longest running one ever. I understand that. But like, when you, when you say pirates to me, 
I'm not going manga or anime or anything like that. So it's just like, to me, it's just, it's a very interesting, and it's probably what makes it so good and so popular is that like, it's a very interesting combination of things. Well, I think that's why it has potential. Like, I don't think you need to be a fan of the original property to get the gist of what it is. It's a pirate show. So I've, I've watched One Piece the same way that I'd watch like Full House. I never watched it sequentially, but I'd catch episodes here and there and it's entertaining. The thing about One Piece is the different pirates that they come across on their adventure are very very diverse they look all sorts of different ways have all sorts of different abilities and it's it's almost in the same vein of when when a show is so fantastic and like extravagant and cartoonish it doesn't play well in the real life scene yes and that's you're touching on a point that i was going to make which is that it looks too too kooky that's the thing that that gets me nervous about this they only showed they only showed his stretchy arm which like that that's that's like okay maybe yeah but like they're literally towering like giant 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 people pirates there are it's it's just it's it's gonna become very ridiculous and i don't think it's gonna last long once they get into that if if they kept it what they say where everyone's kind of this normal average human-sized person and they don't have all of these like exaggerated features then i think it could work but let me let me provide a counterpoint and i like i don't know why i'm feeling the, the desire to defend one piece which i have no attachment to but like you're saying live action pirates with fantastical elements is not going to work that's the basic thrust of, of your thesis uh pirates of the caribbean is that that's my whole counter argument pirates of the caribbean it didn't have i i mean if you want to the compare this to this I, I, it's it's pirates of the caribbean basically meets marvel if, if yeah, you pirates of the to... caribbean i i think like and i love pirates of the caribbean but i also have not seen four or five and if there's a sixth one i haven't seen that one either don't get me wrong i hope this does well but i've seen you know netflix also did death note which that's a lot more grounded the the whole premise of death note is he has a book that he writes names in and those people die it's 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 uh, there's a whole anime based on it but it's not like a crazy stretch and that didn't work out and so they also did cowboy bebop which i think got canceled after the first season yeah i just the track track record's not great is is what you're saying i get nervous about this and then and then there's been other, like, independent of what Netflix has tried, there's been other things. You know, there was the Dragon Ball Z movie. There was the Avatar Last Airbender movie. Both of those flopped. Well, to be fair, the Avatar The Last Airbender movie, like, that may not as well have even read the source material. It was that bad. It seemed once in a lifetime bad. I, I don't have any, again, something I have no connection to the source material. I did not see that movie, but everything I've heard about it is that they, like, went out of their butchered. way to make a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think the general concern you're voicing is reasonable which is how have have we cracked the code of translating anime to live action do you know why i like like animes it's not because of the story it's because of the art styles it's because of the way that the creators of the show express their unique talent that's why yeah so so can you extricate the story of like i'm sure the story of one piece and of countless other manga like the story has standalone value but how easy is it to extricate the story from the medium i would definitely I, I think is a very that, valid question that one piece has a better like chance because it's it's a pirate adventure at its heart right but and see that that's like i i have to take issue with that because like i think watching this trailer however long it was let's say it was two minutes long i think a minute and a half of it looked like a pirate adventure 
And then the other 30 seconds was Mr. Fantastic and like weird clown pirate. Like it's, it, I think well, that's it, what I was going I, off I'm, with the different people they come across. Yeah. I'm, I'm concerned about the market, but like I, I people are going to see certain things about one piece and be like, it's a pirate adventure. I'm in for that. They're going to turn on one episode. They're going to see him wrap his arm 16 times around a giant clown pirate and be like, well, that was weird. I'm never coming back. Like, I, I don't know what the audience is. That's kind, of, that's kind of where I started with this. And like, I still don't know. The audience is probably, like you said, fans of the, of, of the manga, but like... They're going to very quickly I, be like, oh, they didn't stay true to this or they butchered that. I mean, there's, there's tons of moments in that show where it's just absolutely heartfelt. There's, there's this one that comes to mind specifically where you, you saw the guy with the green hair. He literally sacrifices himself for his friends and it's just like oh my goodness it's beautiful and they're just not gonna i think it's gonna they have to be able to keep it fun and silly because that's what the show is but also keep it grounded and that's just a tough thing to do and then now you're adding the mix of trying to keep it live action and i I get nervous i'm gonna try it i'm gonna definitely try it i'm gonna give it a ride but very nervous tonally tonally is it going like yeah i think overtly it's trying to be funny and lighthearted, and then there's like two or three characters that are clearly taking themselves very seriously and that's a fine that's a that's a tough tightrope to walk and i don't know i've that's a buddy thing that's done in in all sorts of different shows right every there's there's always the pair it's hard to get right and then the gruff you know i just think I i think it's hard to get right and i i i don't know if I've seen any, like, having having no connection to the source material, I don't know that I'm showing up for this. And also, the, the other factor that we have not made any mention of is the idea that, like, Netflix might take this off their platform, like, three episodes in. We just have, like, I have no sense of safety with Netflix as a brand. So, you know, and, and that kind of leads into my overarching issue with so much of what I saw from to doom is and it's 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 a pervasive movie and television show problem right now more so a movie problem where every movie that's being made right now is made to be a franchise why would i trust netflix to hang with anything to be a franchise like that their track record right now is bad and the track record of almost every streaming service in that regard is bad so i think why should i trust you is it's kind of what i'm what i'm saying to myself as i'm watching all of these things a lot of which by the way don't look very good i think this is a good opportunity though to pivot to avatar the last airbender sure the floor is yours and the reason why i say that is because yes i just said the transition from cartoon to live action gets me nervous and i even mentioned that avatar the last airbender movie had failed in the past however this one does not scare me we've we've gotten inside of the cast every single one of those castings looks perfect looks absolutely perfect we don't know who Toph is yet because Toph is going to come in season two but i think they're going to nail it again the actor that plays uncle iroh is paul soon Young lee and we've seen him in the mandalorian we've seen him in kim's convenience everyone loves him and he is perfect casting for uncle iroh and they're just they've been spot on with it and as long as they can continue that. We've gotten sneaks previews of like the way the combat's looking through different studios that are helping them do that. And it's just so far, based on what we've seen, it's already orders of magnitude above what we got with the movie. And that's cool. But to Illegal's point, so Avatar 
is probably one of my most beloved franchises and IPs at the moment. How do I trust Netflix to not cancel this after one season? And then why would I watch this versus just rewatching the animated version? What they're banking on is, well, it, if you don't trust us, watch it because that's how that's we're going to keep it on if people watch it. So the thing that it. gets me nervous is staying true to the source material and the way that they've announced how they're rolling it out with book one being water, book two being earth. That's been a, that's already been laid flat. So we know that they're going to at least stay true to that the that chronological or that order of events. And so that makes me feel confident that they're going to stay as close to the source material as possible. And that's the key to being successful. Just don't make notes. Just like control C, wait for it. Control V, mint. What they have what they have going for them here is that I think The Last Airbender is a more generally well-known IP. And right now, especially in terms of live action, the bar, the bar could not be lower. Also, the, the, the characters, while they, yes, they have elemental abilities, they're not these super overly cartoonish characters. And that's the thing that got me nervous about One Piece. This, you can, they're all normal people, but they have these just elemental abilities. That's something that I think would translate well into the live action. Yeah, I think, not, not to go back to One Piece, but... I do not think Avatar will have the same tonal potential tonal confusion that I think One Piece will have, and I think that's probably to Avatar's benefit. So if you were to ask me which of these I think is more likely to succeed, I would certainly say The Last Airbender, but The Last Airbender we have also seen a lot less about in general, so there's, there's, there's more to come on that. It's not out until 2024. One Piece, I believe, is coming later this year. I can't remember. I'm scrolling trying to find the date, but I can't quite see it. Let's move away from from anime and let's talk about what i and again i'm trying to go in order of like quote-unquote importance heart of stone felt like it got one of the bigger kind of roll out the red carpet moments and we had it's worth noting we had seen a trailer for heart of stone before this Mm -hmm. this was more of a i guess i'll call it a story trailer we got a better idea of what the story of this movie is one of the things that's really interesting to me is i feel like netflix has become the home and i know you like action movies so don't be offended by the way i'm about to phrase this but it's become the home of like the throwaway summer action blockbuster because do you remember how probably even like five years ago and say there's like a solid 20 year window almost every summer there were like not bad but overall somewhat forgettable action movies that would come out every summer it feels like those have stopped hitting theaters and now they're all just going to netflix and they're so high budget i don't know how netflix is affording them well and that touches on another point of of like again you know and and they have some good things going in that in that arena uh they announced extraction three at to doom and i think extraction two is like about to come out or just came out yeah and that's a very successful out, right and yeah and that's like chris hemsworth that is a chris hemsworth vehicle it's it's doing very well for itself they're clearly trying to do the same sort of thing with heart of stone i do i think i do buy gal gadot here i don't i i just i I don't, I'm not interested. I, I wanted to be interested for this one. See, but I don't know that I am. I thought this looked good. and But my main problem is I already can, you can already tell what the whole plot of it is. It's it's classic spy movie. And then there was an internal, someone who was internal to that facility. Betrayed. Betrayed. Like you already know. And they didn't say it explicitly. They showed a new villain, but you really know that there was someone else that like duped the the facility and there was betrayal. And it's like, okay, everything, they'd show too much is really what happened. Okay. But hear me out. Isn't that more or less the basic plot to 
most oh, every action Mission movies. Impossible movie. Yeah. Well, I, I don't watch every, the Mission Impossible. I don't like them because it's like, okay, I know exactly what happened. I don't need to waste two hours of my life. Thing. But a lot of people do for flashy set pieces and fun action. Yes. Here's here is one of the problems. Here's one of the things this movie is up against is that the basic plot, and, and it's produced by people who made Mission Impossible, and that kind of shows the basic plot is ripped directly out of a Mission Impossible movie. And what they have to fight against is, I'm a huge Mission Impossible fan. I can pretty much guarantee you that mission, the new mission that's coming out and the mission that came out a couple of years ago is going to be better than this. So why am I going to sit down and watch this? Because it's free. Because you have Netflix already and you're like, okay, this is free. Let's watch this. Yeah, but my time isn't free. And this market to me has already been cornered. Has it though? Because aside from Mission Impossible, what else is coming out? That's exactly my point. Nothing is because nothing can do as good. (laughs) Like I I think that if you want to make an action movie, fine. But you need to distance yourself from Mission in some way. I mean, I think part of the reason the market is dried out is because of what you're saying, which is like Mission. There's no movies like Mission being made because Mission is mission and like there aren't really a lot of movies like james bond because james bond is james bond it's i don't know it's interesting because there's, there's other sectors of the entertainment market where things are just getting more and more saturated superhero content is just getting more and more saturated it's never slowing down even though there's so many people fighting over that space see i would argue that it is kind of smart to get back into the action movie space because let's be real the mission movies and i know you love them but tom cruise in those movies and i get he does a lot of the stunts oh himself, he's old as heck but yeah i'm not does. buying them anymore Like, I I barely bought into them. To me, all action movies, and this is probably terrible, and people who love action movies come at me. I get it. They're all largely the same. They all kind of merge together in my head. I could not even tell you the plot of Mission Impossible, a Mission Impossible movie, because all action movies are largely forgettable. And that's not, I'm not going to see them for some great story. I'm going to see them because it's a popcorn movie that I can turn my brain off and look at like pretty explosions and action. And nobody other than Tom Cruise is doing that right now. And I think it is a miss. I think people are tired of superhero movies, but if you want action, there's nowhere else to turn to. Mission Impossible understands that. They understand, like, if you read about the production cycle of Mission Impossible movie, they don't even have the script written until they start shooting. They, what they do is they locate scout they find a big rock for tom cruise to jump off of and they're like we'll do a scene there then they say we'll do a scene in paris where he's getting he's in a car chase and they write the story around it people people don't go to mission impossible movies myself included they do not go to mission impossible movies for the plot because like you were already you guys were both saying the plot of all those movies is exactly the same (laughs) like they're just doing the same thing over and over again but they keep raising the stakes on the stunts and the production value and that's what gets me interested or i guess retains my interest i think there's a way to do an action movie but making it a globetrotter movie where you're you're part of some elite team that then someone goes rogue and you have to get this little this little heart back it's just too mission impossible i i think you need an action movie more like i would say the born movies are while they're still globe trotting if you watch a born movie they're totally different than mission impossible the stunts aren't they're not stunt driven like i would love more movies like that this looks like okay they're trying to make kind of mission impossible and i'm just not as interested in that the action movie market is wide open. I totally agree with you on that. Well, there's I Mission think... Impossible, and then there's Fast Twenty Three. Yeah, well, yeah, Fast Ten. That's you, you. Fast Fast movies are action movies, and they're again a very specific thing. But like, there's a lot of space in that market. I honestly think a big problem with it is again, every movie has to be a franchise now. You can't make a self-contained action movie anymore. And this is not a self-contained action movie. This is we're setting up a franchise with Gal Gadot. 
See, it's very is, transparently that to me. This is, I guess, a broader conversation point here. But yeah, who is determining that it has to be a franchise, though? Is it moviegoers or is it just no. shareholders and executives but, who don't understand the landscape of movies right now? Well, it's 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 shareholders and executives, and I would argue they do understand the landscape of movies. The reason they keep doing it is because it keeps making them money. I just wish they wouldn't do it. But that's because there's nothing else competing. Like, sure. I used to go see all of those mindless action movies. Now the option's taken away, so of course I'm not going to see them, and I'm just channeling all of my movie-going energy into the franchises that are available, but I'm not given the option. If you listen to... Because I listen to a couple of different podcasts about movies, and in particular, a lot of them are about old movies. I think I mentioned the rewatchables on a recent episode of this show as being a podcast I'm listening to a lot lately. If you listen to movie podcasts, most of them feel like we are in a dark age of movies right now. And most of them will say that we're in a dark age of movies right now because intimate one-off movies aren't being made anymore. And if you go back to some of the better movies of the 80s and the 90s and even the 2000s to some extent, there's a lot of movies that are like that. And then this gross franchisification of every single movie came along and we haven't been the same since and we haven't gone back. And to me, To Doom is like a major symptom of that disease. Like, what was the most self-contained thing we saw at To Doom in terms of movies? I don't even um, know. Probably the three-body problem, maybe? That's based it's off... part of a multi-book yeah. series. Is it? Yeah. What was the Snyder movie? Dark Moon? That, that was that. That's a reasonable example. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a new Moon. one, but you don't know that they're going to franchise it yet. I'm sure they would like to. <laughs> but like i if they're getting Zack snyder on board i doubt Zack snyder is saying i'm gonna write one movie and walk away i i, I think and and now you know with that in mind the problem may not just be shareholders and executives it may be people like Zack snyder and these larger than life people who are like i'm gonna make i'll make a movie for you but i have to make 10 movies for you well because we don't have if movie, you want me to make one we don't have movie producers anymore we have world builders that's what we have now. That's the biggest difference. The other thing that I think is feeding into this problem in some way, although it's hard for me to really say how, I would argue that the era of the movie star is maybe over. If you think about... I disagree. I mean... Who's the biggest movie star right now? It's Tom. Bitey man. I don't think so. Tom Holland? He hasn't oh, made like a movie that. movie since... No, I guess Cherry, but that wasn't like a theatrical release. You guys think he's peed Cherry, out since Uncharted? Cherry did badly. Uncharted did mid. He just came out with an apple tv thing that is getting universally panned like i i i don't think it's him i like him a lot i think the answer i was expecting you to say was the rock i think most people would say the rock is the rock and kevin hart are like quote-unquote movie stars but i guess i just don't they're not capable of, think i would about say Will Florence Smith Pugh the, is approaching you know critical movie star status i guess if you could call reaching it that. critical mass <laughs> Think about like Will Smith in the late 90s, early 2000s, and think about Tom Cruise around the same time. They could make a movie happen just because they were in it. They could just carry a movie. And it would be a movie like I Am Legend, which was not intended to be a franchise. Okay, but, but I Am Legend that, also happened. had fantastic writing. Like you're, I think you're selling the writer short. But by that definition, then, I'm also going to double down on my Florence Pugh answer. Based on which movie? What was the Olivia Wilde movie? Don't worry, darling. That literally the only reason that people were going to see that, even though it was getting panned, was because she was in it. And they critics were saying that her performance was worthy of going to see a bad movie. And it drove people to theaters just to watch her. It's a, it's a good answer. I saw it. And I saw it in some part because of her. And yes, it was a bad movie. <laughs> so your argument holds up based on my personal anecdote. That being said, there aren't a lot of people like that 
left. Like there's not an actor who shows up in a movie and I'm like, okay, because of this actor alone, I have to go watch this movie. Those are yeah, fewer people, and far between. People went to see I Am Legend because Will Smith was in it. And like people went, like I can't think of a Tom Cruise example. There's probably about a thousand. Like there was a, a stretch where he was making movies where people would go to see the movie simply because he was in it. And we don't have that anymore. And, and, and I'm, I don't know if, I feel like that's part of the problem is you can't just say, hey, I'm going to write a, you know, Will Smith movie that's going to be this one movie and it's going to make a jillion dollars and then I'm going to walk away. It's a lot of franchises are rightfully so for monetary reasons focused on getting some someone young that no one has heard of and saying i'm going to put you in this role and we're going to hope this turns into a franchise and makes you an enormous star the j-law effect sure exactly but it's it's not the same thing and i mean i guess there's another example though jennifer lawrence up until like probably i would say the last five ten years when her i guess roles just not that they've petered out but she like actively decided to take a little bit of a break i mean she was somebody who she, is a good she was example, in a movie, yeah. you would go see it. She was big in Silver Linings Playbook. She's actually currently There's a movie trying to out, plot right? her comeback. Yeah, yeah, No Hard Feelings, which is like, it's trying to call back to the raunchy comedies of, again, like the early 2000s. It's trying to be one of those and she's headlining it and it's kind of being billed that way. And I think very smartly so of like, this is a movie, this is going to be a one-off raunchy comedy movie that she is in and like, go see it with no expectations. And like, that makes me want to see it. You know, okay, it, I have one more example. Now I, you gave me a challenge. And now, like I've been racking my brain. No, this is, yeah, this is fun. Seth Rogen probably is another one as well. I know he's a little bit older. He's than not a typical. big star right now. I I would not say that. I mean, his his time came and went. His time was knocked up. Really, Pineapple Express. Because oh, I would yeah, say some that of the stuff that he's doing now, and I know he's kind of leaning more into series and stuff. But even that terrible pickle movie, I would not have watched that if not for him being in it. He's doing things now that he, he's in a phase of his career, and I like Seth Rogen very much. He's in a phase of his career, and that pickle movie is a great example of he's going to do what he wants to do, whether or not it's good. And I, you know, I don't begrudge him that, but. I don't know that I would call him a movie star right now. I, I do think that, again, like, Knocked Up, 40-Year-Old Virgin, you know, all that during, like, the Apatow phase, he was huge. And he could, he could draw people to a movie. And that, I think that was his, quote-unquote, movie star time. But To Doom is just so devoid of that. To, to kind of try and bring us back to To Doom, like, it's devoid of anything like that. It's, it's all franchise content or attempted franchise content. You know, the three-body problem looks kind of interesting, but I'm jaded now and I'm seeing right through it to what Netflix is trying to trying to do. And but then actually, it feels it's cheap. Like, it looks cool, though. I do agree that they're definitely trying to franchise it now that I'm go like remembering it in more detail. Because that's the one by the Game of Thrones runners. So, like, they're definitely trying to turn that into yeah. a, a franchise for sure. But, I mean, it seemed cool. I don't know. At least it's a fresh story. And it's not just another superhero show. You know what I mean? Like, I'll take the it. The IP there is very, very strong. That 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 much I will say about Based, I haven't read them. But what I've heard about them, the IP is extremely strong. So, I would certainly say that has a fighting chance. Yeah, I mean, that. You know, <laughs> Is there anything else you guys want to mention from Tadoom that I haven't mentioned that looked like a big deal? We kind of touched on Rebel Moon a little bit. I mean, Rebel Moon looked cool, but I don't trust Zack Snyder to make a movie shorter than four hours at this point. I, so like, And this is why I said we don't know that that's going to be franchised. He, he's not making... This isn't a movie. This is a world. He is building... I, I honestly thought this was... I googled this and I was like, is this some kind of like world that takes place in the Halo universe? Like, wh what is this? And it's it's going to be a multi-movie 
I don't want to say mess, but a multi-movie conglomeration of stuff because it's a universe. It's a galaxy. You can't just cram one standalone movie and call it a day. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's his jam. Well, and, and the, the, to be, to be honest, I didn't, if there was a trailer before to doom, I didn't watch it. I watched the behind the scenes look at to doom, which was a bad way to be introduced to this movie because the, I think the first words that were said in that behind the scenes look, they were interviewing an actor. I don't know the guy's name. He was the guy who was Ajax in Deadpool one or Deadpool two. I can't remember which Deadpool. And the first thing he said was, I didn't know movies could be this big. And I know that's intended to get me interested, but nothing could have turned me off faster than that. I was like, I don't want that. (laughs) I just don't want big things like that anymore. I want something self-contained. I want something that's more interesting than, hey, this is the first movie of a four movie thing that Zack Snyder's doing where every movie's three hours long and it's about aliens fighting superheroes. I don't want that. Like, if I want that, I'll go back to Marvel, first of all. And I don't want that. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, I think it's very easy to look at this slate of content and be like, Netflix, what are you, what, what are you doing, baby? Also, they need to lean, lean harder into reality content, in my opinion. But that's, that's a totally different animal and not really what we're, what we're talking about. But we did get some more Love is Blind content. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that come September. I'm sure whether they're going to be pumping really out. Want to. <laughs> they're going to be pumping out tons of Love is Blind content so long as the writer's strike goes. There's probably going to be another shadow drop season between now and the one that they teased that is coming out in September. So yeah, I guess I don't, I don't really know what to expect with Love is Blind. But really what you should expect is more of the same thing because it's very cheap to produce and typically very entertaining. I have to give it credit. What did you like about to doom or into doom let us know at ow legal 86 at ow tactic at ow nerd bomber in our main show account at online warriors one that's how to reach us on twitter one of one of our twitter followers mr stephen keller who also happens to be our patreon producer made me very sad this week on twitter did you guys see this oh yeah he called you out about metroid i i made yeah i made a major gaffe and and you know I'll, i'll own that i'll come on the air and i'll admit my mistake i i think i was manifesting and like wish fulfillment in that like the metroid prime remaster would it be a metroid prime trilogy remaster and it's not and and steven very dutifully was listening last week and heard me say that and was like hey Lee 86 uh you're wrong about that that's what you guys could all have if you came on twitter and interacted with us you could tell me i'm wrong about things you probably get an opportunity to do so at least once a week i'm sure i've already given someone like four or five opportunities to say hey you were wrong about this thing that you said could be you so again, hit, hit us up on Twitter and hit us up on Patreon. Steven supports us on Patreon. He's gotten to know us so he can hit me up on Twitter and tell me I'm wrong about stuff. And uh, he's a producer on the show. So he gets this weekly shout out. He also, of course, gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. He gets input into the weekly game segment, which I will be hosting later against all odds. And he gets all of those things as a result of his night level support on Patreon. He also gets the occasional guest spot on the show. So you want to be a knight, you want to head over to Patreon and support us at that highest level. But there's also a squire level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. All of the details on all of those levels of support can be found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Go say hi to Steven, say hi to us, and uh, consider giving back to the show, helping us keep the mics on, keep this thing rolling right along. Thanks again to Steven. We will take a quick break, come back to talk about Reddit. Online Warrior podcast listeners, I want to take a few seconds of your time just to promote Xbox Taverns podcast. It's an Xbox-centric podcast with news, reviews, as well as the five of us talking about all things Xbox. We're from the UK. Would love to get in your ears. Search Xbox Tavern on your best podcast app. 
And you can also head over to xboxtavern.com where we've got our latest reviews as well as some opinion pieces. Go check it out. Now, back to the show. All right, so let's talk about Reddit. In particular, what I want to know is how often do you guys use Reddit? Because there was a time in my life that I would I was a daily Reddit user. And by that, I mean a daily Reddit lurker. Uh, that is no longer the case for me. Why? But uh, I just don't have the time, to be perfectly honest with you. I would spend but, a lot of time scrolling Reddit. And now I spend that time scrolling Twitter. <laughs> when you're developing... When you're like developing code or anything like that, the questions generally can become so arbitrary that Reddit is the only thing that Google picks up. Yeah, I, I will happen upon a Reddit post to help like solve a problem or answer a question. That's That certainly happens to me. I wouldn't say regularly, but every so often it happens. But I'm talking about just like general Reddit scrolling, not looking for anything, just kind of like seeing what's going on. I have like a I handful of subreddits. I have like five that I go to regularly. And I probably check in on not all of them every day, but throughout the week, I'll check in on at least most of them. I try. There are a few. Well, no, like of the five, there's probably like one or two that fall to the bottom of the barrel. So if I don't have time, like I spend no time there. But I have like five that I regularly visit. It's really good for like sports news and discussion. I find that Reddit. Yes. I mean, obviously, Twitter is also like very fast breaking on sports topics. But if you're like honed in on a specific team and you just want to get to the gist of it right away, very, very good place to find your breaking news sports stories. And the, the lifeblood of Reddit, it, it, like Twitter, I don't know. I don't know that comments are the most important thing on Twitter, but they are definitely the most important things. One of the most important aspects of Reddit, reading comment threads and getting insight from people. People will write entire paragraphs on Reddit and what on Twitter I? you'll get like two or three words one of my and favorite i think that's things, an important aspect like new team signings in like the nhl or the nfl or trades or something like that and like i try to keep a pretty good tab on players that aren't even on my team around the league in terms of hockey and you know football at least baseball soccer i don't follow those whatever but if i don't really know a player that well Going to the comments, like there are people who will give you a very thorough, like 10 paragraph analysis of the last five years of that guy's play. And it's fantastic. You can't get that anywhere else. Let me ask you a follow on question, Illegal. Why should our listeners care about Reddit right now? Reddit is going through some stuff. That's kind of the broad strokes of it. So Reddit has announced a fairly large API pricing jump so basically the way third parties can use reddit the cost just went up dramatically and from what i've read about it they haven't given very good reasons for the prices going up other than just we want money and we should have done this a long time ago and we haven't and we don't like third parties we would rather people use our apps exclusively essentially as a result a lot of subreddits i don't have a percentage exactly but like a lot of subreddits more than 300 went dark uh, from june 12th to 14th they essentially said you can't get on our subreddits. Essentially, the lifeblood of Reddit, the entire community shut down. And to, to my knowledge right now, there may be some that are still not back. <laughs> some subreddits remain dark past the 48-hour window because it didn't seem like the darkness was really having much of an effect. I don't know. I, I don't have the knowledge to understand what may come out of this, but it's worth noting that there's a pretty big shakeup going on over there. I right think now. what's going to come out of this is they're going to pivot 
if they need to make more money, they're going to pivot to advertisement type things, things, things that aren't affecting the users. Because the other side of it is, and, and I want to give a shout out to moderators, right? The main reason that Reddit runs so well is because all of these moderators putting in hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of free work to make sure that everyone's yes. following the rules, make sure that their, their pages isn't filled with junk. And they're doing it at no cost to Reddit. And so if those people feel that their community is getting slighted, why would they continue? Well, I think part of it, too, was a lot of the third party, you know, apps that were using the Reddit API were mod tools. So it's effectively making the work that they're doing for free 10,000 times harder because now they either have to pay more to use those tools or some of those tools went dark because they weren't willing to pay the extra cost. Yeah, it's... And another one of the reasons I kind of wanted to bring this all this up is that I think Reddit is one of those things and and Twitter is another one that we've kind of gotten an inside look at during the shifts that have happened over the past year and a half to two years or however long it's been. I, I think it's very easy to go on a site like that and take what you see and what you experience for granted a little bit. And there's an ecosystem at play here that it's probably hard to understand until you get involved in it. And the free labor of moderation is like a huge part of what makes Reddit Reddit and and what keeps it spinning. And to threaten that in any way just feels like a pretty bad move. You know, it's, I don't know what will come out of this, but it's probably not going to be good. I'm honestly surprised Reddit itself has not backed down yet. I also don't understand how Reddit is supposed to make money otherwise, to be honest with you. It's hard to imagine these things as... Yeah, but like I don't see that many ads on Reddit. Like I, 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 I'm sure you're right. They're sponsored, so... And you probably don't even realize it because they're so inoffensive in a lot of oppor- like in a lot of instances that you don't notice it. But as you're yeah. scrolling through a subreddit, some of the posts, especially near the top of the page, are just sponsored posts. And I think subconsciously you realize, okay, that's not relevant, so you just scroll past it. There's a lot of that. Yeah, t- like Twitter and Instagram advertising feels obtrusive for sure. Reddit's. Because I'm sure you're right, but I, I guess it, it must just for some reason to me feel a lot less, a lot more minimally invasive in that I don't even really notice it. But, it, it you know, I, I just I, I think I just wanted to spare a moment for like thinking about how these websites work, what the ecosystem is. And when you threaten that entire like millions of users worth of community can just completely go dark. And, you know, a, as of this recording, I don't think we have a resolution I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll hear about it when it happens, but I don't know. Pour one out for Reddit. It's uh, I don't I don't even know who to feel sorry for. I think I feel sorry for the moderators. I don't think I feel sorry for Reddit itself at all. It you know though it's it wasn't an AMA, but like the announcement made by the people in charge at Reddit that they were raising the API prices was very very poorly received, and a lot of the justifications that I read for why it was a bad idea seemed pretty reasonable. There's typically two sides to every coin, but I don't I don't know really what the other side looks like in this case so shout out to reddit it also briefly crashed last monday because all the subreddits went down so stability issues as well potentially i don't know we'll see what happens there but uh in the meantime let's get into what are you up to wednesday let's find out what we've been up to let me start with nerd bomber this week nerd bomber what have you been up to oh boy um well we finished twilight so we I think last week we had only watched the first two movies. So since then, we have watched the three remaining movies. Uh, We had some rough weather in the last week. So, you know, gave us a lot of downtime to finish our track through Forks, 
Washington and, you know, check in on Bella and the creepy CGI baby. You know, I, I guess I remembered them being worse overall than they really were. Like, aside from the first movie and some very obviously bad CGI. CGI it seems baby, like you really enjoyed it. It wasn't it as bad as I remembered. Yeah, like it was relatively entertaining and i don't know if that speaks to movies today not being as good or if i just like fed into the social critique of twilight being cringy and bad altogether but it really wasn't that bad there were so i i've been i wouldn't call it documenting but i've been posting about it on the social meds and the 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 feedback with even people at you know asking questions has been you know i remember it being worse but you're right it it really wasn't as bad and it's even like the not not only from like the quality standpoint but there were like these moments in the show where they were deemed cringy or gross and they they really weren't that cringy or that gross they were just kind of like it fit in with the story they narrated it away it makes sense chill out folks so- everyone just relax <laughs> right yeah, that, yeah no that's that's great that has been a, a pretty big thing and then honestly just kind of chilling i feel like twilight took up a lot of our time and that was kind of it for me not very exciting this week i know but you know sometimes how it da- is what yeah, it how, is how dare you how dare you well uh tactic was it just twilight for you too or did you find yourself getting up to anything else i'm boring it was either twilight or working on my game boy game and i mean that's coming along great i've i finally figured out layering backgrounds to have tiled surfaces where the the image file can recognize between what is a non like platform and what is a platform so that's coming along pretty well and next is the hero sprites that i'll get to figure out how to design so it's coming along make me look pretty no make me look uh make me look pretty please i i haven't figured out what i can make you guys look like right now everyone is just a ball that's what i've been doing to play with the controls so ball can i be a pretty ball keep us updated yeah sparkly or something sparkly like a twilight vampire batman sometimes sometimes in what are you up to wednesday someone has to carry the team and have done some stuff and this week i guess that's me i want to talk about silo the show oh you started watching it we did start watching silo we're only one episode in so there's not a whole lot that I can say. I will say Rashida Jones, pretty good. That's like something that I wasn't expecting. So, so and this isn't really a spoiler. It's just like how the show works. Rebecca Ferguson, who I believe plays the lead character, or like one of the most important characters, is not introduced until like the last two seconds of episode one of the show. So I haven't really met her yet, but met a sheriff and his wife, you know, the wife being played by Rashida Jones. And the first episode is really about her. And it's compelling. It's Apple TV in my experience, I don't think they've missed with me yet. And it seems like they're not going to with this one either. It just seems like something I could easily get very, very engrossed in. So I'll continue to update on that, how that show is going as we, as we work our way through it, but Please definitely going to be continuing past episode one. Because you know how I always get on my soapbox about how there's so many good new IPs that could be mined out of books, bro, this is one of them. I'm so excited that they actually like adapted this for TV. So it's certainly being mined right now. Is it? Um, and, and to great effect. Is the season out in its entirety yet? Or are there still a few more like weeks left before it's all released? So I don't know because I get scared. Like I, 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 I'm not going to like scroll through the episodes. I don't want spoilers in the little like what's the episode about. That's fair. So I don't actually know. You have to you have to investigate that for yourself, I guess. But um, that's ongoing. Uh, the other thing, the other major thing, I guess, is I finished the Metroid Prime Remaster, and as Stephen mentioned on Twitter, found out that there wasn't any more. 
So that's kind of upsetting. I managed a 93% completion, I believe, just under 10 hours. That's really impressive. You should be proud of yourself. Uh, I played this game so many times at this point. A lot of it was muscle memory. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling an immense amount of pride, but uh, it was a lot of fun. It holds up. I would recommend it to anyone. Nothing surprising about my experience with it other than that it was just really, really good. So yeah, that's pretty much it for me, to be honest. I, I know I'm supposed to like carry the team, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that at this point. Okay, well, that brings us to Quiztown. And I'm the conductor on the train to Quiztown this week. Sure, sure. I'm taking us not just to Quiztown. I'm taking us to Zendayasville, if I may. Hey, we were we just talking about movie stars. There you go. Zendaya, has she helmed a movie, though? She will like, helm Dune. And I believe she's got a new movie coming out, Challengers. So Dune is going to come up in this in this trivia, actually. And actually, why don't we start with that question? So this is, this is going to be a classical Price is Right style. You guys know the drill. Every Each of you gets either an answer of one or a plus one. You get one of those during this whole thing. Uh, the quiz tracking, the quiz scores. Technic at six and five. I'm at six and eight. Nerd Bomber at five and eight. Steven, three and oh. Uh, congrats to Steven. So it's, you know, it's a dead heat. There's a lot on the line here. Let's dive right into our Zendaya quiz. Technic, you will answer first since you have the better record. Zendaya is in Dune. That's true. Dune is a two hour and 35 minute long movie. During how many minutes of that movie is Zendaya on screen? This was only 23 minutes. It was less than that. It was like abysmally less. She was in barely any of this movie. I'm going to say six minutes. Okay, very good guess by Nerd Bomber. Seven minutes. So... You almost busted, actually, so with the six minutes. But uh, you're on the board. It is one to nothing. Now let's get a little bit more traditional with the questions. How old is Zendaya? The units here are years. How old in years is Zendaya? And uh, we're going to swing it over to Nerd Bomber first for this one. I want to say she's 23. And tactic. She's 24. Plus one is That's already the plus used. one. To great effect, she is 26 years old. Damn. This is one of those I things. I almost went with 26, but then I was like, nah, she can't be that old yet. And not to out us as old, but I'm reaching that point in life, not to derail the quiz, but like when people are younger than me, it's starting to upset me and it's happening a lot. And uh, look, she's younger than me. And yes, that bothers me. See, I just I just, wanna, I just want to put that out there. What gets me, and it's probably because too, I watched, you, I watched Euphoria after it had already been out a bit, but that's my last memory of her that in spider-man and in both of these these roles she's playing high school students but obviously she is yeah. much older than that shout out to toby mcguire playing a high school student at like literally age 30 the next question is about euphoria so it's funny you should mention that both seasons one and two of euphoria have the same rotten tomatoes critic score what is it this was 83 percent. i feel like it's higher i feel like this is a 90 I feel like critics and audience members loved the show pretty equally. Well, it is certified fresh, but it only has 80. Oh, so we both busted. You both busted, so no points on this one. It's actually interesting. Both of the seasons themselves are 80, but there were a couple of one-off specials, uh, both of which, I think there's two of them, both are well into the 90s. So the one-off specials seem to do better. But yeah, uh, no points. You guys are both, it's one-to-one. You're both on the board. How many Instagram followers does Zendaya have? And Nerd Bomber, you are first on this one. I'm going to say 3 million. I think it's actually less than that. I think it's, let's let's say 10,000. How about 183 million? Okay, well, I got the three part, right? Smokes. Instagram is a, is a big deal these days, and she's a big deal of a person. So 183 million sounds about right to me. Uh, I don't follow her on Instagram, but I also don't really follow much of anyone on Instagram. 
so I'm not really good. That was my basis I said I don't, I don't, I don't follow her, so it must not be a lot of people. Nerd Bomber jumps ahead, and we are now on to the last question. Tactic, you need to get this, and then if you do, I'm going to have to look up a tiebreaker, and it's going to be very awkward. Zendaya's TV debut occurred on the Disney Channel show Shake It Up, where she played Rocky Blue. This show was on the air starting in 2010. How many episodes of this show were made? And Tactic, you will go first. There were actually a surprising amount of episodes of this show. There was actually 73 episodes. I feel like that's wrong. I feel like this one only got one season. I'm going to say one just to give myself the biggest range. You should have plus one. I might have to look up a tiebreaker. 75 really? episodes. You got oh, it almost exactly on. right. So if you would have plus one, you would have had literally like almost the best possible answer. So now this is a texting question. Zendaya also is a fairly well-accomplished musician. One of the things she did musically was uh, in the soundtrack for the movie The Greatest Showman, she and Zac Efron did a duet on a song called Rewrite the Stars, which uh, is a bop. What's the runtime of that song? We're looking for minutes and seconds here, just because I don't really feel like doing math. Okay, I have the results. We do have a winner. We have a guess of 246 and a guess of 234. Oh, wow, that's close. 337 was the answer, so Nerdbomber takes this one. Here we by go. By the skin of her teeth and moves the rankings ever closer. We now all have six wins. Nerdbomber and I, as it happens, have the same exact record of six and eight. Oh, she's Tactic making a comeback. Tactic moves to six and six. So really, it's anyone's game right now. Next week, Nerdbomber, you will host. And uh, we'll see if we can shunt Tactic down towards last place. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you guys all so much for coming by, hanging out with us, listening to us talk about Tudum and about Reddit. And about Zendaya. If you liked what you listened to, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. If you didn't like what you listened to, you can also head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. We look forward to getting your feedback. Head over to patreon.com and uh, consider giving back to the show if you're a fan, if you're a longtime fan, if you're a first time fan, doesn't really matter which. Say hi to us, say hi to our producer, Mr. Stephen Keller, and uh, have a great day today and stay safe and keep on podcasting. <laughs>